This podcast is for investment professionals only. It is not for distribution to retail investors. This material has been provided for information and educational purposes only. It is not an offer or solicitation to buy securities. The information provided and the views expressed in this podcast could change and are not necessarily the views of Premier Mighton. Reference to any stock, fund or investment should not be considered advice or an investment recommendation. Any reference to past performance is not a guide to future returns and the value of investments can fall as well as rise. You are listening to the Perspective Series from Premier Mighton, a regular podcast on investment views from the Premier Mighton's macro-thematic multi-asset team. I'm Anthony Rayner, co-fund manager with David Jane of Premier Mighton's range of macro-thematic multi-asset funds. In this series, we provide our personal views and individual perspectives across a broad range of investment-focused topics based on over 50 years of combined investment experience. Japan has spent around three decades in a deflationary environment. Since 2016, the Bank of Japan, or BOJ, has engaged in yield curve control, with short rates set at minus 0.1% and, for the 10-year Japanese government bond, a 0% target, albeit within a band. As of today, it is the only central bank with negative rates. In December last year, with domestic inflation consistently above target and with the BOJ increasingly isolated from other central banks pushing rates higher, the BOJ widened the band to 0.5% above or below zero. Then, at the BOJ's meeting towards the end of July this year, they announced the yield band would be a reference rather than a rigid limit, and they also signaled they would allow the 10-year yield to rise up to 1%. Not the most straightforward of policy changes, and one which the BOJ has been keen to frame as a tweak rather than the end of yield curve control or even a pivot. The degree of message complexity is partly explained by the fact that the BOJ is walking a fine line. They want more optionality, but not to the degree that they introduce too much uncertainty to markets. At this stage, it's difficult to be definitive about what this is a step towards, in part as the next steps depend on how the market perceives the policy change and the degree to which underlying inflation remains elevated, and specifically, the degree to which wages growth firms. That said, we can make some initial observations about what this policy change is. Without stating the obvious, it's still yield curve control, but with more flexibility, and so allows rates to rise more freely in line with inflation. It is also, to some degree, policy tightening, even if short rates remain negative. More significant moves would be rates moving into positive territory and the winding down of QE. But what about the implications of the move? Again, it depends on what it is a step towards, but at this stage, we can make some early observations around the implications of the policy change. On the back of the news, the Japanese government bond 10-year yield moved to a nine-year high, albeit only to 0.6%. It should come as no surprise that with a wider band, more volatility was likely and indeed that it would be upside yield volatility. We don't have any Japanese government bond exposure in our portfolios, though we do have some exposure to a basket of Japanese equity. Nevertheless, the bigger question is what does it mean, if anything, for global yields, global liquidity flows and global asset allocation? To the degree that Japanese government bond yields have acted as an anchor for global yields, this policy change will see higher Japanese government bond yields act as a loosening of that dynamic. In practice, if we see higher Japanese government bond yields and a subsequent stronger yen, this will likely lead to Japanese investors repatriating some of their material overseas assets simply on a relative attractiveness basis. In a similar vein, there is also the carry trade to consider, where investors borrow cheaply in yen to invest in other assets, such as high-yielding currencies, for example. However, higher Japanese government bond yields and a stronger yen will make any investors reassess this trade. In summary, 
yields are grinding higher, but yield curve control is still very much in play for now, evidenced by some material unscheduled purchases of Japanese government bonds by the BOGA since the announcement. Either way, policy risk remains under the spotlight. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode interesting and look for other episodes in this perspective series. This podcast is for investment professionals only and is issued by Premier Might and Investors, which is the marketing name for Premier Portfolio Managers Limited and Premier Fund Managers Limited, which are authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. The value of investments can fall as well as rise. Thank you.